The IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is me, your dude, Icy Robots, and we are back for another exciting, fun, super, super duper jam-packed episode of the Stuck at Home Show. This is the one where we take those sad moods and turn them into glad moods, because the world's like, the world is like a wacky, weird, wild place right now, and we all gotta do what we can do to try to keep our heads about us, to keep our attitudes good and our intentions even better. Let's, let's see what's going on here at the good old Icy Robots Earth Base. Man, not a lot. Not a lot of anything. It's been... It's been a pretty slow week, just continuing to battle for Oak Park. That rages on like crazy, been lifting some weird stuff, been watering the plants, been walking around, playing with my my beloved cat, Orange Boy. All kinds of, all kinds of things like that, but I, I sadly did not get a G.I. Joe that I was expecting in the mail. It didn't come. The mail's been a bit slow lately, I understand. I'm not, I'm not holding it against anybody in any way, but it is... It is a disappointment to me because I was hoping to get somebody, but I do have, like, tons of guys on the roster that I have never talked about. So I thought, like, why don't I just get one of these guys off the shelf and talk about my my history with him? And the guy... Hold on one sec. I gotta... I gotta reach over for him. I... I should have had him closer. The guy that I have right here in my hand is a guy who is known as the Cobra... Allie Viper. That's, that's not like Allie McBeal. It's like Allie, like, you know, a street behind a street. Like one of those places where, like, the garbage truck goes through. Back when, um, back when we used to listen to Illinois, this is a, a digression, when I used to listen to, when he used to live in Illinois, we had an alley behind our house, and the garbage truck would go through that alley. And when we, when we moved to Santa Rosa, there are, like, a hardly, hardly, hardly any alleys in and around town. So it was kind of, that was another one of those weird cultural things that I, I, I missed. Because we would go like, we would go in the alley and we would hang and bang and like throw firecrackers and do stuff like that. And there was just like no equivalent here in Santa Rosa. But at any rate, I got the, uh, I have the Cobra Alley Viper here. And I, I remember getting this guy at Toys R Us. I have very, very, very distinct memories that I'll share with you in a second. But he's like, he is Cobra's urban assault trooper. When Cobra takes over Santa Rosa when they hit, like, Red Dawn style. Like, it's like Calumet. And they're paratrooping in. They're running through the streets. These are the guys they're going to send through to kill you and to kill me slowly without remorse because they are Cobras. But I I like this guy despite his evil intentions. What really, like, what really drew me to him at the time was his, uh, what is now hideous safety orange and blue camouflage pattern. At the time, like, neon colors, like, camouflage colors, they were, like, they were all the rage. It was almost like they were invented that week because I don't recall ever seeing them. And then all of a sudden, there's this guy. There's that G.I. Joe laser trooper. It's just, like, everything was neon. That's fine. I do still like neon colors to some degree. I have a pair of um safety orange Sacconis that I that I wear all the time. That's my favorite shoe brand. Saucony out of Rhode Island. Love them. Saucony Jazz. I I rock these orange ones all the time. They're very, very, very hard to come with. Very limited. Very limited edition. But I I digress back to the Alley Viper. He has a he has a shield. Like you would see like a SWAT team, one of those evil SWAT team guys. They're their shields to protect them from protesters throwing rocks at them or whatever so that they can they can light them up with rubber bullets or whatever evil thing they they want to do on the streets of Portland right now. These 
these guys are very reminiscent of those federal troopers that are in Portland right now, taking advantage of people. Down with that. Thumbs down. But uh, I, I still like this guy. He has like a shield on his face that lifts up and down. I think that's really neat. It has a cobra insignia on it. I don't know... I don't know how dude sees through this, but he does. He has a rifle and he has a backpack that's very well detailed. Lots of, uh, lots of neat things on there. Here is, um, here's my story behind this guy. My mom worked at the Marshalls that was next to the Toys R Us at the time. And we would get dropped off there by our babysitter or whoever was watching us at the time. And one of the... One of the visits there, we went to the Marshalls, and my mom gave me and my bro each, like, two or three dollars. And she was like, go over to Toys R Us and get something while, I, while I'm finishing up here. Go buy, like, a pack of, uh, a pack of Garbage Pail Kids or whatever. And this time when we went there, they had just received the latest shipment of G.I. Joe's. And amongst them was the Alley Viper. And I was looking at this guy like, I, I gotta have him. But I didn't have enough money. And my bro didn't have enough money. So we worked out a deal where he would give me his money and I would get the Alley Viper. But in return, he would get to keep the Super Nintendo in his room 100% of the time. My parents splurged. They got us an SNES. My parents splurged and they got us a Super Nintendo. And the deal was we had to share it. The way we arranged it was like, you could play it whenever you wanted, but it was going to be in his room for one week then in my room for one week, and then back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. But he decided, look, I'll give you this $2. I'll give it to you. You can get the Alley Viper, but I get the SNES in my room. You can come play it whenever you want, but it will be in my room. And I was I was weak. I didn't think it through. And I said, yes, yes, I'll do it. And I, I, I got him, and I had him. But then for all the rest of eternity, he was playing Super Nintendo day in and day out. And I was just like... Every once in a while, I would dip over to his room and play something, but it became his forever. And I, I kind of think this is where, like, my overall interest in video games started to wane. I'm not, like, a giant video game guy. I play a little bit. I play Fire Pro on the PS2 every once in a while. I like to do that. I do various things of that sort, but I, I don't invest in the new games. I don't really, like, go out of my way to get them. I don't really follow the scene very much. And I really feel like this is where it ended for me. Now, he's still in it. Homeboy has, you know, the PlayStation, he has the Xbox, he has all that stuff at his house. Him and his son, they play all the time. It's one of their favorite activities. But I, I just kind of fell out. And I really think that's where it happened because I just, I didn't have it in my face anymore to play with. And he had it all the time. I remember like, we'd be going to bed, we'd be going to our rooms to go to sleep. And I'd be in there and he'd be in the next room playing Super Nintendo. Just having a great old time while I was like, trying to zonk out while picking up like, Whatever I could pick up on my antenna TV, my black and white antenna TV. Usually like, I don't know, reruns of Taxi, reruns of MASH, reruns of one of my favorite shows of all the time and space, WKRP in Cincinnati. Something, something like that. But he definitely got the, uh, he got the best of that one. Let's see what, um, let's see what it says about the Alley Viper here in my, uh, handy dandy G.I. Joe guide, the ultimate guide. To G.I. Joe, 1982 to 1984. Alley Viper. Cobra Urban Assault Trooper includes shield, face shield, gun, backpack with grappling hook. One of the most popular Cobra troop builders in the vintage G.I. Joe line, the Cobra Alley Vipers are the evil organization's equivalent of the SWAT or the British SAS. 
Special Air Service, see Big Ben, 1991. They formed the spearhead of Cobra's inner city invasion forces. Not a lot. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and look up this Big Ben guy. Big Ben, 1991. I'm going, I'm going ahead. I'm turning the page. Gonna see what we can find. Big Ben, where are you? Big Ben, you're pretty cool, man. He has a backpack, a grenade pouch. As the G.I. Joe's very first British team member, Big Ben was part of a temporary exchange program. Larry Hammer provided a brief description. That's unimportant. We don't even, we don't even have that guy. But I would, I would like to get him. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's put a pin in that for the future. We'll rotate back around. We'll see how much Big Ben costs. We'll come back. We'll talk about that at a future date. Maybe, maybe I'll have him. Until then, let's move forward. Segment's over. There's that over there. I just love all the new things Kmart has here. Oh, I can see that. So that's the new Super Nintendo Entertainment System. What about it? They say it has 16-bit technology, whatever that means. Oh, I see. What else do they say? That it has 3D graphics and digital stereo sound, and that Super Mario World is included. Okay, okay, we'll get it for him. So, how long did he work on you? About two weeks. The Pandemic Pantry, with your host, The Sausagitarian. Hey, IC Robot Radio friends, it's your girl, Sarah Burr, The Sausagitarian, and this week in the Pandemic Pantry, we still got a heat wave, so we're making some homemade ice cream. Do you ever do that? I used to do it all the time back in the day. We have a little Cuisinart ice cream maker, it was about 40 bucks initially when we had it 15 years ago, and... I would bust out ice cream in that thing. It was really fun. And I haven't made any in years, and I decided it was time to bring it back up from the basement. I made a batch of vegan basil mint chip ice cream. Delicious. And it's actually easier than making the kind that's not vegan. But it doesn't really matter if it's vegan or not. What we're talking about today is chocolate chips and chunks in ice cream. Have you ever frozen chocolate and then eaten it it's just crumbly. It doesn't melt in your mouth all night. So to remedy that, what you need to do before you add chocolate to ice cream is to melt it and freeze it and then chunk it up, right? Melt it, freeze it, then chunk it up and freeze it again. That sounds crazy, but it's what you need to do because the cocoa butter crystals in the chocolate are finicky, and when you melt them and freeze them, as opposed to just freezing regular old tempered chocolate, you got, you got a nice smoother mouthfeel. I'm not going to explain the whole thing. It's boring. Um, we only have a little bit of time to, to spend together. And that time we're going to spend talking about this recipe. All right, if you just Google vegan basil mint chip ice cream, the results you get are probably going to be mine, but I'll have your dude post this recipe. Um, and it's totally worth the work. It's an avocado and you use non-dairy milk. And you just puree all this stuff in a blender and then freeze it up. Um, and it's green and delicious. And, and you should just kind of like pig out and eat the whole shebang all in one go. I backed off on the dairy because my doctor told me it was a good idea. I had cancer last year. And as far as we know, I don't anymore, right? Like you got to do everything you can in your power to stay healthy because life is a limited time offer. So cook good food. Do the things that make you feel good. Now is the time. Every single day is the time to do one little positive thing that makes you enjoy the time you got. And I love spending time with you. 
Tune in next week. Take it easy. Bye-bye. È decisamente It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. That is uh, definitely true, man. It's like a jungle sometimes. Uh, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. I think that our gal right there gave us some pretty good advice. You got to do something nice for yourself. Like every single day, you got to make something healthy, like a nice treat, spend some time cooking, spend some time in the kitchen, spend some time like making things for the people you love. I got to send a big shout out to uh, Sarah for that one. That was that was an interesting recipe. I got to admit that that was something I would never have considered trying, but I am definitely going to try that. I'll let you know how that, uh, that uh, works out. I'll pass it on to the wife. I'm not going to try it myself. I'm I'm a mess in the kitchen despite being the American pizza man. I am a mess in the kitchen. I I sadly I don't care much for like cooking for myself. If you if you if you leave me to my own devices and I got to I got to like prepare my own grub, I'm going to end up eating like a peanut butter and jelly. Or I'm going to end up eating a a big uh bowl of Campbell's soup. I'm going to get the Campbell's soup Sprinkle on the Morton Salt. Big shout out to show sponsor, Morton Salt. Morton Salt. In the familiar blue package or convenient table shakers. When it rains, it pours. When you gotta buy salt, buy the best. Buy Morton. But, um, I... I really appreciate, like, weird, interesting ideas. And I gotta, I gotta say that this one from, um, the Sausagetarian this week is... Definitely a little, uh, a little weird, a little wild, a little fun, a little interesting. She's, she's a solid pro. You can hear her in that kitchen there. Man, it's, it's really cooking. Wherever, wherever she's sending those in from, it is like a working kitchen. You can hear the clanging. You can hear the banging. You can hear people, uh, doing whatever. She is a pro. She's worked for Martha Stewart. She has done all kinds of things out there in the cooking game. And we're like... We're honestly super lucky to have her with us. I'm a scrub. I'm an amateur. I have no radio background. I have nothing at all. And to have, like, an actual factual, like, super pro working for the IC Robots team, it's amazing. It's great. So if you want to find out more from her, you can go onto her uh, Instagram. That's at Sausageitarian. Just Google Sarah Burr, B-I-R, and you'll, you'll find everything you'd ever want to know. You'll find out more than you'd ever want to know. Man, I could tell you... I can tell you some deep, dark secrets from this gal. She's a lunatic. She's a maniac. I'm just kidding. She's really, really a great person. Really nice. Real uh, family gal. Salt of the earth. Living in Ohio. Picking pawpaws. Walking around. Walking around the woods. Fighting the good fight. All of that good stuff. Dude, that's all. That's all you can do in this world nowadays. Is just fight the good fight, man. You gotta, you gotta be on the side of the righteous. And that side is the side of... The Icy Robots Radio Stuck at Home show, the side of Team Yellow, Team Instinct, and Pokemon. We're gonna we're gonna move forward now into the uh, segment in which we talk about Pokemon Go. This is. Can you guys hear that right now? There is something going on in front of the Earth base. It sounds like they are tearing up the sidewalk. I wonder what that is. There's been some pretty heavy construction around my area. I think that they're putting in some emergency shelters just in case the worst happens. I doubt it. It's nothing like that. I'm sure they're just, like, digging up a pipe. But, uh, I'm gonna go look at that really quick, and then we will be right back with the Battle for Oak Park. The Izzy Robots Stuck at Home Show presents the Battle for Oak Park. When the go storm, 
the battle for Oak Park rages on and on and on. It's a never-ending war for the Pokemon Go gym location known as Oak Park. It's around the corner from my house. I go there all the time. I fight and I fight and I fight because it is mine. And it shall stay mine and will always be mine. But there are a few people out there that uh, they disagree with your dude. They belong to other Pokemon Go teams and they want this gym for themselves. And I... I gotta say, the competition for this Pokemon Go gym has become rough and tough. It's like, it's trading owners every few hours. I'm not even kidding. Like, every two or three hours, somebody else is the uh, the champion over there. And man, the, the toll on my Pokemon and my Pokemon supplies is... It's heavy, dude. We're paying a heavy, heavy price. But if you want to win a war... You gotta be prepared to go all the way. And I am. Let's, uh, let's see what some of the current updates are. The wife and I were both off the other day, and just like everyone else in the universe, we're stuck at home with little to do except for go for walks, goof around, and stuff like that. And when we got up that morning, I think it was Saturday morning, first thing that we did, walked to the Poke Gym, defeated it for Team Yellow, defeated it for Team Instinct, took over, went back home. She starts reading the newspaper, doing whatever. She looks at her phone and she goes, oh my gosh, Bob Newhart already won the gym back. That's our local nemesis, Bob Newhart. And she was like, he did it. Let's let's go get it back. So we drank a cup of coffee, sat around for a minute. Then we went back over there and we won it. We won it back for us. And then within a couple hours, I'm not even kidding, Bob Newhart, with the help of a couple other Team Red people, took the gym back. So we walked back over there again, won it again. Then we went home, we did a bunch of stuff, and we actually managed to hold on to it for a while because a trusted ally in the area, somebody known as Karen P. She put a Pokemon in there and then somebody else put one in there. And like overall, we were doing pretty good. But then yesterday, my dude Bob Newhart, the guy who uh, I would say is the one who most fights over there. There's Shay's Shadow and then there's a couple other people. But they... They've kind of dropping off to a degree, but our guy Bob Newhart is over there like 24-7. One time we were going, we were going, we won it, and we were on our way back, and I swear to you that Bob Newhart rode past me on his bike. If you listen to the last, I think it was the first one, I talk about how I've seen dude. I've seen Bob Newhart in person, and I, I think that he rode past us, but I can't be sure, but I like to think that in my head, he saw the gym flip, and then he's like, I gotta get it now, so he hopped on his bike. Andy rode by. He looks like a nice guy. I think this is all in good fun. You know, we're all just having a good time. We're all stuck at home. And it's like, it's working out for all of us to have something to do. Dude looks like, he looks like the kind of homie who might have moved to Sonoma County back in the 70s because the cycling was good. Back then, he looks like a dude who's like an avid cycler. He wears one of those, uh, one of those old school 80s bike riding hats that are like, like the bill flips up in the front. It has like a short bill. It's almost like a painter's cap, but the bill flips up in the front. He wears one of those, and he rides like a 70s style kind of like racing bike. But he's a, uh, he's into 22. I got to give him props, dude. He is a, uh, he's a worthy adversary. I think that as of right now, your boy's in control of the gym. But there's also, there's, there's an event at the gym right now that uh, precludes me from seeing the actual factual status. There's a raid going on. Let me see if I can somehow bypass this raid data and see who's uh, who's still in there. No, it's me. Right now, I'm in there. I know that. And I also believe that there's somebody else 
in there as well, trying to lock it down for Team Yellow. But dude, this is uh this has become like the, the main event of my life. Honestly, I've already been there three times. I go on my bike. On the bike, I'm like Bob Newhart, I'm there in like a couple secs. I do sort of worry in my head, like, what's gonna happen one day when me and Bob Newhart bump into each other? It's gonna happen. What if I do and he's like rough and tumble and he's just like, this is my gym. We gotta duke it out right now. I guess I gotta duke it out. I think I'm a little bit bigger than he is. So I kind of think that I I would have the uh, the advantage if it came to like fisticuffs. But you never know, dude. He might be like a Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu master. I can't say. Hard to say. But um, let's, let's see what else is going on as far as like Pokemon Go news. There was a community day event over the weekend. That's like a big deal where they... They send out, like, multitudes of the same kind of Pokemon. In this variation, it was a Ghastly, which is like a ghost type, like a scary type. It's like a black orb that flows, and it's it's spooky. But the, the kicker is they offered you the chance to catch a shiny version, which is like a different colored variant of this one. That's the, that's the appeal of Community Day. There's, like, hundreds of these things around. And you got to catch as many as you can in hopes of getting a shiny. I myself, I failed. I actually stuck at it for a while because once you've invested like five or ten minutes into collecting these Pokemon trying to get a shiny, you kind of you kind of can't stop until you do or it's all time wasted. I mean, it's all time wasted regardless, but it's extra, extra wasted if you don't even get the shiny. But I failed. I tried. I'm not even kidding. I, I put like a lure to get more guys to me. I walked to different locations and I tried because I wanted the shiny ghastly. What can I say? I did, but I've seen pictures of it, and it actually wasn't uh, wasn't that much different than a normal Ghastly. The evolution of Ghastly is, I believe, Gengar, and the shiny Gengar is almost like almost like the same color. I I cannot believe that I actually know the names of Pokemon's. I'm not even kidding. the The kid, the kid 2.0, has been a Pokemaniac for life. Like she was watching Pokemon way back in the day on VHS tape. She was watching it on channel 44 she's like she's crazy into it she's a poke expert she knows like every evolution every variation there is of everything and i hear her talk about these things all the time and it's wild for me that i'm talking about it too it would be like one day i overhear her talking to one of her friends about the ultramagnetic mcs it's like oh yeah did you know that uh the Ultramagnetic uh, MC's best record is, I think, in my opinion, it's for a horseman, but there are a lot of people who prefer critical beatdown. If she was if she was spouting this with her friends, I would plot. I would faint. I would die. But the world has changed. I am now also a burgeoning Pokemon expert. The battle for Oak Park rages on. Hello, IT robots. It's so hard for you to take the lifestyle survey. I've been trying to get in touch with you for weeks now. I have no choice than to push you up the ladder to my superior. Mr. Granville, say hello, Mr. G. Just take the lifestyle survey, you idiot, before I have to come over there and pull out your teeth with my teeth. You got me. Don't make me have to talk to you again. You are listening to the Stuck at Home Show podcast, powerlifting, and walks to the poker stop. Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. While existing, he was not intoxicated, could not explain the nudity. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me. 
WKRP in Cincinnati. All right, it is me. It is your dude, Icy Robots. And back when I was a young sprat coming up in Rinkin Valley, we had a TV with cable in the living room. And we had one with cable in my parents' room. But the TV in my room was like, it was like a small little black and white gimmick with an antenna. And I would, I would be forced to get what I could get. I would get like NBC and ABC sometimes. I'd always get Channel 2, Channel 50, and Channel 20. Those were my guaranteed channels. And amongst those were, there were like a few channels that showed like sitcoms and stuff during the afternoons. And one of these sitcoms was, it was WKRP in Cincinnati, and and because of that, I became, like, super obsessed. They would play, like, two episodes in the afternoon on Channel 20, and then they would play two more, like, later at night, and I would watch all four, because I was, like, a doofus who would sit around his room all the time, um, watching, watching black and white TV. I fell in love with this show. I, I'm sure you're familiar, but it's tale of a, a wacky AM rock station in, in Cincinnati. The, the basic plot is that the station is number 16 in an 18-station market when they get a new program director, a young hip guy from, I believe, Albuquerque, New Mexico that goes by the name of Andy Travis. And Andy brings along with him, he brings along a couple veteran DJs that are down on his luck, and he brings in an all-new format of a DJ-programmed rock music. The station up until that point was playing, like, classical music and stuff, and he's gonna, like, he's gonna come in there, flip the script... Do everything he can do to bring this station to the top. But he faces a lot of challenges, mainly budget and just the overall, like, coverage of the station. It's a small station in a big market and they don't have, they don't have a lot of the share, but they try. They try hard. They're a small, wacky family of characters. I, I was into this show like crazy. When I was coming up, I wanted to get into radio. The thing was, I didn't know how. I had no idea whatsoever how to do it. I'm sure if I was like... If I was, like, a more together dude, I'm sure I could have figured it out, but it's all good in the hood because in the end I'm doing this and I'm having a great time doing it. Maybe, maybe even more so than I would have at the, uh, at a real radio station. But at any rate, I love WKRP and Cincinnati, like, so much. It doesn't really, it doesn't really play on TV anymore in its pure format. The show had, like, lots and lots and lots and lots of rock songs throughout the, the program. The rock songs were almost like a character in and amongst themselves, and over the years, they've lost the rights to the different songs and such, so they, they, uh, they fill in what was once famous rock songs, like stuff from The Who, stuff from The Stones, with, like, generic, like, sound-alikes and things like that, but this company, Shout Factory, I'm sure, I am sure, you're familiar with Shout Factory, they went out there and they got all the rights, as much of the rights as they can, I don't think it was, like, 100%, but they got, like, most of the rights to the songs, and they put together a uh, four-season set of WKRP, and I got this set. I picked it up on eBay. I got it for, like, a really good price. I, I've seen this sell for, like, 100 120 bucks, but I got it for, like, 30 bucks, and I'm very, very, very happy with it. So far, I have watched uh, three, no, four episodes, and I thought I would, like, I would take a little time and share some of these plots with you. This is like my favoriteest sitcom of all the time. Sitcoms I really love are like this. I love MASH. I love Taxi. I love Seinfeld. I love The Office. I I really have a special place in my heart for these shows that I used to watch as a kid though. Like Happy Days. Uh, Leave It to Beaver. I was crazy into that. Dobie Gillis. These were the shows that were in syndication at the time. But out of all of them, I don't see 
WKRP as much as I see the others. MASH is still playing. I see MASH a couple times a week. I see Taxi. I see all these shows, but I never, not never see WKRP. So I was really, really happy to get my hands on this box set. So the pilot episode of the show introduces the character of Andy Travis by having him walk in on a meeting between Gordon Jump, who plays Mr. Carlson, the uh, station manager, and Herb Tarlick, who is the uh, head salesman. And they're going back and forth, back and forth, you know, and like Andy comes in and he has this idea for like rock and roll and all this stuff. And it uh, leads to the introduction of Dr. Johnny Fever, who is like he's kind of like laid back and he's cool and he's kind of he's kind of doped up and tired and he wants to like program his own music he's like a rebel out there or whatever real real radio veteran he brings this guy in for a morning show he brings in another character known as uh, Venus Flytrap, who's going to take over the uh, late, late, late evenings. He's going to be, like, on all night. He's, like, he's like a real smooth dude, banging gongs, doing all kinds of stuff. The, the pilot does a really good job of getting a lot of characters over in a short period of time. You get the idea that, like, the big guy... Mr. Carlson, really nice guy who's in way over his head. You get the idea that uh, Herb Tarlick is really, he's really smarmy. You get the idea that, like, Dr. Johnny Fever is talented, but also has some issues. He has some personal issues, as it were. And then with Venus Flytrap, he really seems like it has it all together, and you gotta wonder why this guy isn't more successful. In later episodes, you get some insight into a uh, Venus Flytrap, which is... Which is good, man. They really, like, flesh out the characters. They don't give you everything at once. They introduce the characters, let you know the archetypes that they follow, and then as the seasons progress, you find out more and more about their backgrounds. It really, by the time it's over, these are, like, full-on, fully fleshed-out characters. The, the main conflict in the show is the big guy, Mr. Carlson's mom. She owns the station, and she likes it how it is, in a losing position, because she uses it as a tax write-off. For her other businesses. I don't know why being like a low rated station is any better than being like a high rated station as far as like a tax write off. But at any rate, she likes things how they are and she likes having her son in charge because he kind of, he kind of maintains the status quo. He keeps the station down. He keeps it in the uh, 16 out of 18 spot along for a better write-off. I don't know. But anywho, she's kind of adverse to the new uh, format at first. But once Andy breaks down how they're going to get new advertisers, they're going to get new listeners, it's going to be huge, they're going to make a ton of money, she is in it to win it, even if it goes on for years. The only thing is, Andy's like, we can't move up the ratings unless we have money for advertising. And she's just like, no deal. I'm not going to give you guys any money for any advertising. You got to think of some kind of, some kind of publicity stunt, some way to get us in the paper without doing anything that's going to cost me a dime. So they, they go and they put their heads together on that. And that's where the first part of the pilot ends. The second part starts with a bunch of like, a bunch of like older weird-looking folk protesting in the office. They liked the old format. They like their beautiful music. They like their classical. And they don't like Johnny Fever playing this newfangled rock and roll music. They don't like his, uh, The Who and the Rolling Stones. They don't like his beanie cap and his coffee mug or any of that stuff. So they're like, they're like gonna tear up the office unless they get what they want. And then Andy... Our guy Andy sees this as the opportunity of a lifetime, so he calls up the newspaper. He calls up the radio stations. No, he doesn't call the radio stations. He is the radio stations. He calls up the TV stations, and they all come down to cover how it's so crazy. It's so wild that now they're playing rockin' sounds when before they used to play Beethoven. It's so wild that people are up in here 
up in arms like it's Portland, Oregon, going to tear the joint up. So this kind of sort of works. They get some new listeners. Everything is great. There's also there's also a subplot where Dr. Johnny Fever as a way to get the smarmy Herb Tarlick off the back of the uh, beautiful receptions. Jennifer, played by the lovely Lonnie Anderson, our guy uh, Johnny Fever goes ahead and tells Herb that in the past, Jennifer was actually a man. She had a sex change operation at some point. Really, really controversial subject. But this throws, this throws Herb for a loop. He doesn't know what to do. He's doubting himself. He's doubting his own proclivities. He just doesn't know what to say. He buys it. He believes it. I, I believe that this is not the case. I don't think that she had such an operation. But at the time, we're kind of left, we're kind of left not knowing for sure. Maybe. The show was trying to be a bit woke and let us kind of kind of flesh that one out for ourselves. But there's a lot of a lot of comedy mind out of this. The guy, uh, Herb, is very, very, very funny. Great timing, good actor. And he kinda he kinda is over the top with this whole uh sexual confusion gimmick that he's going to. The two-part pilot for WKRP was really, really dynamite. In the third episode, and I'll I'll get over this one really quick. The Cincinnati Reds, the local baseball franchise, wants to ban Les Nesman, the four-time Buckeye Newshawk award-winning Les Nesman from the field because they believe that he is a homosexual. Yes, I guess that this was uh, somehow acceptable at the time to stop somebody uh, from doing their job the best way possible because of their sexual orientation. But this, this strikes Les at his heart, because he's never in his life felt macho enough to cover sports. So he uh, he decides to contemplate suicide, and he goes out on the ledge of WKRP, where he's going to jump. He's going to jump to his doom, and the guys, they all come, they rally around him, they try to save him, they tell him that it's okay for him to be a homosexual, and he's like, I'm not, I'm straight, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. But still, they... Uh, they get him off the ledge. Herb takes a pratfall, almost dies. It's all it's all good in the hood. That one that one was a bit wild to me when you when you look back and think about how even just like even like a while ago, this was like 1978. It was okay to take somebody and tell them that they couldn't come on the field because they were a homosexual. That's just wild. It's awful. It's horrible. And I think that's important to uh, see see these episodes. And see these things and just, like, realize that, like, these things we look at that were awful, they're not so far in the past, dude, and things could slip back. Things could slip back easily if we don't, like, if we don't hold on to these rights, if we don't hold on to these things as hard as we can. That's the lesson we're going to take from episode three of WKRP. We'll be back in the upcoming weeks with more WKRP talk. It's a great show. I love it a lot. Like, I love it. I'm so happy watching these episodes. It really, really brings me back to the days of yore when things were great and your guy was happy. I'm happy now. It's all fine. So, uh, until, until we meet again, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off. Do the time. Don't let the time do you. Times seem hard right now. But you gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's, stuff's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots radio production.